Showtime on Broadway. Patrick Kane is a New York Ranger. Let that sink in for a second. It's you know, pretty remarkable to acquire someone of this caliber who is a sure fire hall of famer, arguably one of the best American born players in the history of the game. And yet for me, there is definitely some skepticism, but you can't deny the excitement, right? E even if you know, even if you don't believe that this is the right trade to make and the price is too good, but we'll discuss the trade details and some things that are, that I wish weren't the case, but again, it's hard to complain much. I mean, I think sentiment around the league and from fans and certainly Blackhawk fans is that, you know, the Rangers got Kane at a good price. And that was kind of the only reason that it, the only way that it would happen. But just the fact that Patrick Kane is a New York Ranger, it's really, really exciting. And he will be making his debut, not tomorrow at Philly, but home against Ottawa. So it'll be, his first game as Ranger will be at MSG, home against the Senators. So it kind of takes the fun a little bit out of tomorrow. And really to get it real quick to get it out of the way tomorrow, I think the Rangers might be playing two players short because the Rangers sent Dan Ryan Carpenter, called up Braden Schneider, so they get him back. Country Miller was suspended three games as we expected. Miller suspended three games for the spitting incident with Drew Doughty the other day. So, and Ryan Lindgren. He's day-to-day. -day. I, I honestly wouldn't expect him to be good enough to go, and I wouldn't want to force it either. Honestly, I, if he's not 100% all right, I, I, I mean, look, they made it work with four defensemen. This time it'll be five. So good chances, 11 forwards, five defensemen. But Kane will debut at home, so that'll be fun, against Ottawa. And so, you know, definitely excited about that. But... Let's talk about Patrick Kane, and then we'll talk about the trade. So Kane, you know, he was the number one overall pick in, in 2007. And you think about, let's talk about since the lockout. He is up there as one of the best players in the last 15 or so years. Obviously, there's Crosby and Ovechkin. I think we can say that those two are in their own tier, in their own category. But, but after that, you know, you think about Evgeny Malkin. He, he deserves credit. You know, he, he kind of gets lost under the shadow of, of Crosby, but Malkin, you know, is obviously a Hall of Fame player. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves to a lesser degree, but, but Taves, again, he, he's the captain of that team. Like Taves, you, you, you don't just think about Kane, you think about Taves as well. They're, and Jonathan Taves, unfortunately, due to, you know, injury issues and, you know, really not, not hockey injury related issues, more health problems. I, I guess I would call it. He is still with the Chicago Blackhawks, but you know, he might, he might not play again. So it, it's a sad time for Blackhawk fans to say goodbye to these players, but it's also what they need to do. I'm sure, like I said, they wish they got a better return, but, but Patrick Kane has accomplished just about everything in this league. And for Kane, who has been in the league for 16 seasons, and a couple of Olympic appearances as well. You know, he was a part of the 2010 Olympic team that lost in the gold medal game to Canada. And Kane was a pretty big part of that team. So he's been around for a long time. You know, he was actually, he was teammates with Chris Drury on that 2010 team. And Patrick Kane, in terms of skaters, is the oldest and most experienced skater 
technically, uh, Yar- if we're including goalies, Yaroslav Halak has been around just a little bit longer than Kane, but not by much. But Patrick Kane, he had Stanley Cup experience, three Stanley Cup championships. So now you have Kane with three, Goodrow with two with Tampa, and then Tarasenko with one with St. Louis. So bringing Patrick Kane into the room, I think is a big deal too. Like that is, that is really, really big and can't be overstated. So this is already a team that last year made it, you know, was very close. They were two wins away from each in the Stanley Cup final. Now you you bring in the players that you you bring in. And look, stylistically, am I a little bit, am I questioning if this is like going to put the Rangers over the top? I, I am questioning that. Really, one of the big things on my mind is just the fact that the Eastern Conference is loaded. And the way the playoff format works, and even really beyond that in this case, actually, let's say it's Rangers-Devils. Let's say it's Rangers-Hurricanes, right? Let's say it's either one. Like, you can lose that series very, very easily. And, you know, I look at Toronto-Tampa. Like, one of those teams is going to lose in round one. And that was a matchup last year. So my point is there is that while this Ranger team is very capable of going places, they could also lose in round one. Not because of anything that's that's so wrong with them, but really because of the competition. But Kane has just been unbelievable in his career. And, you know, we're talking about a bunch of 30-goal seasons. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, five. And that, you know, and that doesn't even include the lockout shortened years where he would have easily eclipsed that. So, but in skimming through, arguably his best season, arguably, was with Artemi Panarin. Panarin was a rookie. It was a line with former Ranger Artem Anisimov was the center on that line. And came that year, 46 goals, 60 assists, 106 points, and a plus 17. So I'm sure that they will be on the same line. And I understand that. However... I think that in the next month and a half, we're going to see different looks. And the 12 forwards the Rangers have are very set. One thing I will say, forgetting about the cap and and the limitations, beyond that, it it definitely is a problem. And injuries are going to happen. Like, they will. And unfortunately, some might be more significant than others. So then you're talking about players like Johnny Brodzinski, Brian Carpenter, uh, Will Cooley, just to name a few. And that's not important in this discussion, but it should be mentioned. As good as the 12 forwards are, and honestly, this is as, this is on paper as good a four-line unit as I've seen for the Rangers in a long time. Maybe ever. In my fan, maybe. I, I'm, there, it, it, is de- it is debatable, I think. Because I do think that in the top six, you do lack a little bit of toughness. It's there in... in in some places, but I I think that it is a little bit on the perimeter. And we know, again, but if Panarin and King can work magic, then it's all right. But Tarasenko hasn't worked that well with Zibanejad and Kreider. So I honestly wouldn't mind if it came to the point. I know it sounds crazy to separate Panarin and Kane, but I, I think Kane with Kreider and Zibanejad might work out better in the long run than Tarasenko on that line and then put Tarasenko back with Panarin and Trocek, which worked really well. And then there's the kid line, which 
there could be scenarios where they get broken up. I don't think that they will to start. I think they're going to have it set for now, but changes will happen, whether they want it to or not, for injuries, for the sake of just seeing other things. And then that fourth line is Mott, Goodrow, and VZ, which is really good. And you could sort of move some of those guys up in the lineup. It's a good situation with that. But this team is basically set. I don't see how there's going to be another move made by Friday. I think this is this has got to be what it is. And I guess it leaves you with some concerns on the defensive side a little bit. Like I wish there, there was maybe one more depth defenseman and maybe somehow they could pull it off. I would be su- very surprised, but we'll see. But again, Kane, who won, a con- who won the Consmite Trophy in 2013, he's uh, really best remembered in terms of one moment in 2010 where he has the game winner against the Flyers, where no one could tell that it went in except him. In 2015, he was set up by former Ranger Brad Richards. And that was, it, it, that was in essence, kind of the clinching goal in game six versus the Lightning. So I think, you know, for Kane, he's excited. The number, let's talk about his numbers this year. 54 games, 16 goals, 29 assists, 45 points, a minus 23. But again, plus minus is a very team-oriented stat. Look, defensively, Patrick Kane is not very good. But I think motivation will be there. You know, I, I said similar things with Tarasenko, and to be honest, the motivation hasn't quite been there. But I think with Kane, it's a different story. But Tarasenko, maybe that's not maybe a fair thing to say. But with Patrick Kane, I do think that he is, you know, he only was going to accept a trade, I think, to the Rangers. Maybe one or two other teams. But he had his sights set on coming to the Rangers. And he made that clear. He was upset after the Tarasenko deal. And I don't think that Drury planned on this happening. He really forced his way to New York, which is why... And let's get into this, which is why the trade is not anything too crazy, but not without, look, he's Patrick Kane. The Blackhawks had to get something of substance, and I'm sure they feel like they didn't get enough. But I will say that they they did get something in return that could definitely be of value. And it ends up being a three-team deal. Arizona is the broker team in this deal is they take on 25% of the Kane contract. And for Kane, of course, he's a Ranger. And going to Chicago, let's talk about what goes to Chicago first, the, the bigger parts. So it is a 2023 second round pick, but it's conditional. So in the condition is if the Rangers reach the Eastern Conference final, that becomes a 2024 first round pick, which is top 10 protected. So if it does, if it is top 10, then it slides to 2025. So it's a 2023 second. If the Rangers reach the Eastern Conference final this year, then it becomes a first in 2024 or 25. The interesting thing about this too, which I don't know what people are talking about, there is no condition in there that says Patrick Kane has to play 50% of the games. In the playoffs. So if, if Kane gets hurt, the condition does still apply. Whereas last year with Andrew Kopp, I remember, it involved Kopp playing at least 50% of the games. That was not included here. So, you know, the Rangers are kind of shit out of luck. If Kane does get hurt, and of course, you know, the hip injury was a talking point. It's kind of quieted down. Again, Kane, he scored seven goals in his last four games as Blackhawk and was almost eight he had a, a crazy sequence at the end of overtime in his last home game where it would have been really cool if it was a goal, but 
they, they reviewed it and the clock had expired. It, it was zeros. It was close. So he almost had eight goals in his last four games. So he can turn it on. I don't think the hip will be a big issue. But that condition is not part of it. But that the one thing for me, and I can understand from an outsider's perspective, it's nitpicking, but I was hoping at least that it would be the condition was making it to the cup final. With Andrew Cott last year, it was acceptable from a Ranger fan perspective because, look, expectations weren't as high, I guess you could say, and, and making it like the feeling of beating Carolina and getting the conference final at the time was like, all right, like it's worth it. But it's funny, the Rangers always kind of come out on the wrong side of conditions, whether it be when like when the Rangers had the McDonough deal and it was Tampa Bay winning the cup. I don't think it was making, I believe it was winning in, in two years and they didn't do it. And then once it was done, I believe the next two years is when they won or something like that. So like they just came short in that. I remember the Zuccarello Dallas condition one where that came close and the Blues won in game seven in overtime. And then of course last year it works where cop where the Rangers win, but you have to then give up that, you know, Winnipeg then got a first round pick. So it never seems to work out on the conditions. A lot of that, of course, is just bad luck, but that was one thing I was hoping for. And so that is disappointing. You are in effect, potentially giving up a couple of first round picks in the Tarasenko deal. And in this trade, again, with the Tarasenko one, it's likely to be a late first, the way that's shaping out between Dallas and the Rangers. I would think that that's going to be a late first. And in this one, look, it could end up being a second round pick, which would be of the later variety this year. So the Rangers, the good thing is the Rangers kept the better of the first round pick, which ideally becomes like Dallas, who already is doing it. If Dallas kind of falling off a bit, if that can come like in the early 20s, that would be nice to still have that. And here's another thing about this deal, which is good. The Rangers didn't trade any prospects, right? I mean, you kind of figured, all right, maybe we heard about maybe Zach Jones or maybe Matthew Robertson. Of course, you know, Brennan Hoffman was off the table. But the Rangers didn't give away any prospects, so that's a good thing. It's not as if the Rangers have completely mortgaged their future. I will say they have gotten rid of a lot of draft picks, and so let's continue on with that. So the Rangers also to the, going to the Blackhawks is a 2025 fourth-round pick. So a few years down the line, but a fourth-round pick goes to the Blackhawks in that deal. Also, Andy Walensky, who is a defenseman, a journeyman type, who has been in Hartford this season, and maybe he'll – we'll see. Maybe he'll play – for the Blackhawks, maybe he'll you know, be in their AHL affiliate. We'll see, but Walensky goes in the deal. And Arizona. Arizona makes out well here. And this is where, you know, again, the Rangers get trading draft picks away. It's definitely a thing. Now, I will say this. You can definitely get them back. And, and, and what I mean by that is, like, think about the Niels Lundqvist trade, which, again, part of that is actually in this deal, which we'll talk about. It's the Rangers. So the Coyotes take on 25% of this deal. But but it, it came at a hefty price. The Coyotes acquire a third, a conditional 2025 third-round pick. That's a lot. We had seen more fifth-round pick, fourth-round pick in these situations where the third team comes in to take on some of the money. But in this case, it, it costs the Rangers a third. So it's funny. The Rain, uh, Coyotes have a lot of Ranger draft picks because of that Patrick Nemeth deal. So in a few years, uh, definitely some decent like second- and third-round picks the Coyotes' own from the Rangers. So in this one, it'll either be the Rangers' own 2025 third-round pick or the Stars, because the condition on that one with Nils Lundqvist was if Lund uh, right now it's a 2025 fourth-round pick, but if Lundqvist gets 55 points combined in this season, next season, that becomes a third, and the Coyotes will get the better of the two picks. So that's where that comes into play. 
So Arizona may not pretty well there. It's probably going to be a mid to late third round pick, but, but we don't know how it's going to be by then. We really don't. And we don't know how Dallas will be by then. So Arizona makes that well there. So the Rangers give up a second that could become a first, a third, and a fourth. And range, you know, most of it in the 2025 area with, of course, that conditional second round pick either this year or likely next year. So those are the details in this three-team trade between the Rangers, Blackhawks, and Coyotes. And, and yeah, it's going to be exciting. That's the key word that, that comes to mind for me. And there haven't been many Rangers that have worn the number 88. The uh, last one being Eric Lindros. And, you know, that obviously didn't work out the way the Rangers had hoped it would. But with Kane, I guess the closest thing is it, it kind of feels like Marty St. Louis, but different, but different. But St. Louis, here's where the adjustments, like it's going to take some time. St. Louis did not do that well at the end of the regular season at all. But really, you think about what he did in the playoffs. He was very good in that 2014 playoffs. That was probably St. Louis in the year plus, year and a half, I guess, that he was a Ranger. I felt like that was probably his best moments was in that playoffs. I thought in 2015 playoffs, I, I thought he, he at that point he had dropped off. But with Kane, here's the other thing. Will Patrick Kane be a Ranger beyond this year? I have a hard time believing that. But, like, it'll take a lot of roster surgery to make that happen. Is it worth it? We'll see how this goes, right? That'll be a key thing. Kane clearly wants to be a Ranger, but I just don't know if it's in the cards. Certainly, it won't be Kane and Tarasenko. I guess I would say that Kane is more likely to to remain a ranger that'll be interesting because i don't think we can close the door on it but i definitely don't think it's likely i just don't know how they fit him in without making some other semi-substantial trade but that's the fun of it we'll see whether it's even worth it whether for both sides whether they feel like it's a match for next year but it's definitely in terms of it, it the rangers have become a star-studded team but not in the way that it used to be again they this is not Look, it's it's in a cap world, which is probably a good thing for the Rangers because if it wasn't, it would have been like it had been in the past before the lockout where they were just spending stupid money and it was really hurting them. But now they, there has to be some level of restraint. But again, Jury, he was basically – it was given to him on a silver platter. And look, it might not work out. Like I said, I am not as excited maybe – and again, I use that word excited as, – as much as other fans. I'm really not. Like in the sense of more in the sense of what I think the long run will be. Is this going to work? I don't know. I, I do see the Rangers as a very skill finesse team. Not to say that they're not physical. They are. They are. But in terms of the top six, not that much. Trocek a little bit. Kreider at times. But really not that much. And that's where you may have to mix and match with the kid line. Because they are more likely to honestly get in the dirty areas. But it's going to be fun to, to see it all play out. Again, Patrick Kane, a New York Ranger, after 16 years with the Chicago Blackhawks, he's hungry to win another cup. One of the best players of all time, a future Hall of Famer, is coming to Broadway. It's Patrick Kane. He's going to be a Ranger, and he's going to debut Thursday night at the Garden against Ottawa.